0: Welcome to Stories from Among the Stars. You're listening to Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry. Seven. When Cal next appeared with his tools, Viv proudly displayed the gnomish coffee machine. The hob was inspecting it with interest, thumbs tucked into his belt, when Tandry appeared. Viv made the introductions. Charmed! said Cal, executing a deep bow. It's nice work, said Tandry, gesturing to the interior. I remember what it used to look like. The hob puffed up a little bit at that, and Viv was sure she saw him struggling not to smile, but he only nodded and said, inevitably, hmm. Deliveries from the previous day's excursion began to arrive and continued piecemeal over the balance of the day. Cal hung the wall lanterns while Tandry and Viv uncrated and shelved the dishware, rolled out the rug, and arranged the tables and chairs out under the front windows. Mid-afternoon, Cal excused himself to run a little errand. He returned a while later, struggling with the awkward bulk of a wooden signboard. Breathing heavily, he set it down with the front facing away and drummed his fingers anxiously across its top. So, he said, I should have asked, but... Seemed you were undecided and nothing hanging yet. And after thinking it over, I thought, well, Viv could swear his cheeks were flushing red. Ah, Gods, he huffed and spun it around for her to see. The sign was in the shape of a kite shield and the surface was routed out to leave two words embossed in diagonal script with a sword whose profile she recognized dividing them. You don't have to use it, course. It was just a thought, and I had some idle time, and I figured well, you need a sign. Can't have people thinking it's still a livery, he said in a strained voice. The sign read Legends and Lattes. Cal. Viv discovered her throat was a little thick. It's perfect. Well, wow, he said, and then thrust it at her with both hands. Tandry nodded thoughtfully. Very memorable what's a latte? Bean water with milk, said Cal in a stage whisper, peering around the edge. Tandry made a face. Viv laughed and took the sign, holding it up to admire. Just for that, I'm gonna make you a proper latte and you're going to drink it. I've got a fresh jug of milk in the cold box and I was practicing this morning. Hmm. First, let's hang that sign. Viv was tall enough that standing on a chair brought her in reach of the iron sign arm, and she looped the eye hooks over the spikes. Cal had clearly measured in advance. They all stood back and admired it. One good turn deserves another. How about that milky bean water, asked Viv, grinning at Cal. He made a show of grumbling about it, but watched avidly as Viv demonstrated the entire process, finally frothing the milk under a silver spout that jetted steam. When she poured foam into the mug and placed it before him, he eyed it, then her, and after gingerly blowing on it, he took a sip. His eyes widened. "Wow, Chet, milky bean water, I'll be damned. He took another longer sip and burned his tongue. This I have to try, said Tandry. Cal gave it over while he whistled air through his scalded mouth. After a careful sip and a closed eye evaluation, Tandry pronounced it excellent. There are gnomes in Thune. Why are they not serving this? She asked in a tone of wonder. Who knows? But I'd assume they didn't start, replied Viv. At least let me get a foothold first. Tears to that, said Tandry, taking a longer drink. Her tail snapped a pleased whipcrack motion. I'll have that back, thank you, said Cal waggling his hand for it. Ain't you supposed to learn to make them anyway? I've read the book that was packed in, but there is some kind of art to it, she replied as she handed over the mug. Come on around here, I'll show you, said Viv. She was smiling, and for the first time, the building, the city, this place, felt like hers. A place she'd still be tomorrow, the week after, next season, next year. Home. So, opening tomorrow, you said, asked Tandry, as they all sat together at one of the outdoor tables, sipping their respective drinks. I hope to, said Viv, not really sure what to expect, though. If I'm honest, I'm nervous about it. Feels like there's something else I should be doing to prepare, but I don't know what that is, so I figure I should just get in there and get bloodied and sort it out as I go, as we go. Well, ideally, there won't be any blood, said Tandry with a wry smile. But do you really expect folks to just show up at your door? Are you going to advertise? Advertise? Put the word out, signs, hire a crier to let people know you're open. Viv was taken aback. I'd never thought about it. For someone who has planned this as thoroughly as you have, I'm a little surprised by that, said Tandry. Viv felt both complimented and chastened at the same time. I just stumbled across the cafe in Azimuth. I figured it might be the same here. There were customers, though. Sure. That's advertising by itself. You saw people buying, repeat business. It let you know it was worth investigating. (sighs) Huh. You seem to know a lot more about this than I do. Well, what do you suggest? Tandry thought about it before answering. Viv liked that about her. No harm in opening. We can find our sea legs. The problem I see is that even if you tell the city what you're selling, nobody knows what it really is. The same as Cal and I. Cal nodded. So, Tandry continued, maybe we need to educate them. Hmm, let me think on it. Tomorrow, a dry run, but frankly, I wouldn't expect much. I don't want you to be disappointed. Viv furrowed her brow. After both of your reactions, I guess I didn't figure it would be such a hill to climb. I don't think you should be concerned yet, said Tandry, briefly touching her hand. I just think we should keep expectations in check. Viv was ruminating on that when she was startled by another voice. Well, miss, seems you've settled right on in. Laney grinned at them, her face like a withered apple. "Laney," said Viv, "Ah, uh, I guess I have. Can't say I can figure what you're about here, but the place looks a treat. She squinted up at the sign. Nope, not a clue. She brightened and placed a dish on the table with a dark round loaf on it. Seems you're celebrating, though, and today's my bacon day. Oh, uh, thank you, stammered Viv. She introduced Cal and Tandry, and Laney nodded and flapped her hands at them. Can I get you a chair and a drink? Viv held her mug up. I can show you what I'm doing here. Laney made a big show of peering into the mug and sniffing deeply, but she flapped her hands again. Oh, no need. My stomach don't appreciate anything new these days. You all enjoy that and bring the plate by tomorrow. She toddled back across the street. Viv retrieved cutlery, sawed at what they surmised was a fig cake, and they all took experimental bites. They each sat chewing for an extremely long time, laboriously swallowed, mumbled vaguely appreciative words, and after a shared glance, burst into laughter, agreeing that the thing was wholly inedible. They sat and chatted a little longer, and then Cal finished his drink. Hmm, seeing as how you're all set and I'm paid up, he said, looking down at the table. Suppose the work's done, far as that goes. Plenty to be getting on with down at the docks, of course. Well, I hope you'll come by, said Viv. It was hard to keep the disappointment out of her voice. She'd gotten used to having him around. You stop in and you'll have coffee whenever you want it. I hope you do. Might just do that, the need arises. He said, Viv thrust her hand at him. Don't be a stranger, Cal. He returned the shake, his hand swallowed by hers. You neither, Viv, been good work. Somehow, from him, the words were touching. It was good to meet you, Cal, said Tandry. Then with a nod and another small bow to both of them, he left. Viv's heart broke a little to see him go. While Tandry rolled up her sleeves and cleaned the mugs in the wash bucket and set them out to dry, Viv went into the pantry and retrieved a long holly garland she'd bought when she'd gone for jugs of milk that morning. For a long moment, she stared at Black Blood where it was mounted on the wall and then twined the garland from end to end and stood back, eyeing it critically. It looks nice, said Tandry, drying her hands and startling Viv out of her reverie. I just thought, I don't know what I thought. Before, you could have picked it up and swung it at any moment, said Tandry. It was a weapon, she gave Viv a thoughtful look. Now, it's a relic, a decoration, something from before. Viv nodded, suppose you're right. Tandri gave her a little smile that was almost a smirk. I usually am, something you will eventually come to terms with. Well, you'll excuse me if I hope you're wrong about tomorrow. If I am right, don't take it personally, Viv snorted. I'll try not to, but she was still worried. While Tandri tidied up, Viv went to the dining area and the Scalvert Stone's resting place. She tapped the flagstone with her foot three times for luck, and then withdrew a much thumbed scrap of parchment from her pocket. Well nigh to Thalmic line, the Scalvert Stone afire, draws the ring of fortune aspect of heart's desire. I'll be leaving now, said Tandry, coming into the room and startling her again. Viv hurriedly stuffed the scrap back into her breeches as the woman gave her a puzzled look. Uh, great, sure, I'll see you tomorrow. Suppose I should try to sleep, but I honestly don't think I can. I'm sure, at a sudden clatter and thump, they both turned toward the front of the shop. Viv ducked her head out the door. Laney's plate still sat on the wrought iron table, but the neglected fig cake, which had been nearly whole, was missing. Tandry joined her at the door and hummed. What in the eight hells, said Viv. Well, whoever made off with it, said Tandry. I feel very, very sorry for them. Eight. Tandri was not wrong. The following day, Legends and Lattes opened to receive customers for the first time. Viv propped the big livery doors wide, hung a sign that read Open from a peg on the wall next to the window, and waited nervously behind the counter. Not one customer appeared. Viv could admit that it really wasn't surprising. After all her thoughtful planning, research, and preparation, she hadn't taken into account the most important thing. Who showed up to buy something they didn't know they needed? Tandry had seen the problem immediately. Why hadn't she? Tandry arrived with a leather folio tucked under one arm, but she made no mention of it and stowed it beneath the counter. The succubus took up a station behind the machine and made a pair of drinks. A bit of quiet makes a good opportunity to practice. She had clearly paid attention to Viv's demonstration. Her first attempt was a little bitter, and the second came out a touch watery. Still, they were eminently drinkable and Viv found the aroma calming. The air breezing in the door was moist and cool, and enticing curls of steam rose from their mugs. Everything was in place, closer to plan than she could have hoped. Except there was nothing whatsoever to do. Viv spent the first hours pacing like a penned predator. Cal made a brief appearance, drinking a coffee while loudly commending its flavor, as though there was anyone to overhear him until he eventually excused himself with a pained smile. They did, however, receive one unexpected visitor. Mid-morning, Laney tottered across the street. Morning, dears, she said brightly. Reckon I should see what all the fuss is about. Although fuss was clearly thin on the ground. Let me have one of those. How much? She waved a hand at the coffee machine. Viv thought about the slate menu at the pub she'd visited and cursed herself for failing to think of something similar. Ah, uh, half copper for coffee, that's, that's plain. A copper for a latte, that's, uh, for one with milk. I thought with your stomach, Viv rubbed her own. Laney fussed in a pocket of her voluminous dress and slid a copper onto the counter. Tandry dutifully deposited it in the cash box and set to work. The old woman chuckled and twittered over the machine as it hissed and ground and gurgled, and she received her milk-frothed mug with a nod. Very nice, very nice, she said. Thank you both, dears. Oh, And while I'm here, I'd love to have that plate back, hmm? Viv handed it over with thanks. Thank you kindly, she exclaimed. Well, got to be getting back to my chores. Don't be strangers now. Then she waddled back across the street, plate in hand, leaving the cooling latte on the countertop without taking so much as a sip. Viv sighed heavily. Tandry drank the latte. So, said Tandry, clutching the leather folio in front of her. Up till now, Viv would have said the succubus couldn't look nervous. I mentioned some ideas last night, and back in my room, I did a little thinking. Oh? Tandry opened the folio on the counter and slid out a sheaf of pages covered in sketches and text. She shuffled them anxiously. Yes, well, I hope you're not too discouraged. If we, if you can let people know what they're missing, I think things could be fine. Her gaze met Viv's. Because it is good, this idea. I'd hoped so, Viv murmured, surprised. Tandry had been very sure of herself last night, but now she was talking fast, as though afraid Viv would cut her short. She glanced down at Tandry's notes. Anyway, these are just some ideas. I thought if you, we, could find a way to get a core clientele, then there'd be some spread from word of mouth. Plus, having customers in the shop will attract others, so I propose a sort of event. She turned a sheet around to face Viv. Tendry's sketch was actually quite attractive, and Viv could see the ghosts of drafting lines behind the design she'd made, a combination of block and script. Grand opening, legends and lattes. Try the exotic gnomish sensation. Free samples, limited supply. You drew this?" asked Viv, impressed. Tandri tucked a lock of hair behind her ear, and her tail lashed behind her. "I did. Anyway, we commissioned some posters from the inkmonger. We post them at the jobs board and get signboards for the street. like this. She produced another sketch, similar, with a big scripted arrow pointing in the presumed direction of the shop. "This is amazing, Tandry," Viv said and she thought the succubus colored a little. I'm, I don't know what to say, I'm overwhelmed. Well, if you're not in business, I don't get paid either. Tandry flashed a smile. Very true. The key is making it an opportunity that's limited. We want a lot of people at once, but not too many, or we can't serve them fast enough. So we start with just the street signs. And yes, you'll lose some coin on the free samples, but we're hoping for repeat customers. Viv noticed that Tandry had settled on we, and smiled. How do you propose we start then? Viv could see Tandry seize the idea fully. I'll need some funds, and I'll get these materials together. Tomorrow we start with the signs. I can paint them this afternoon. Put them out on the street tonight after the doors are closed. Then we see what's what. Viv filled her purse from the strong box and slid it across the counter to Tandry. You've got my blessing. Tandry beamed a first, then snatched the purse. And gathered the folio. As she hurried out the door, she called over her shoulder, I'll be back! Viv's optimism had dwindled rapidly during the morning, transmuting into growing despair, but now her mood lifted. Still, success remained far from a sure thing. With glances along the street to make certain no customers were approaching, she snorted ruefully and shook her head, temporarily closing and barring the big doors. She slid aside the table carefully pried up the flagstone and stroked the scalvert stone where it lay nestled in the earth. Come on, little lady, she whispered, don't make me a fool. When Tandry returned, she labored under the weight of two waist-high folding signs, her folio awkwardly pinched under one arm and a cloth bag over one shoulder. I clearly didn't think this part through, she panted. Viv hurried to relieve her of the signs, and Tandry unburdened herself of the rest. The woman didn't ask if business had improved. It clearly hadn't. She unpacked the cloth bag, which contained stoppered inkwells, brushes, and a few curious curved pieces of wood. Tandry handed over the purse, and then set to work. She sat cross legged on the floor, rolled up her sleeves, laid her sketches beside her, and began inking. Her hand was steady as she executed clean strokes with her brush There was no tension in her mouth. The bits of wood turned out to be stencils that she used to guide some of the longer and more elaborate curves. Tandry glanced occasionally at her sketches for reference, although to Viv's eyes she barely needed them. Less than an hour had passed when she swept a final snaking line across the bottom. She cleaned her brush on a rag and capped the inkwell, then stretched and kneaded her back as she surveyed her handiwork. Viv thought it looked quite professional. Were you a sign maker or something? No, just always had an artistic bent. Tandri turned to face her. I'd say we close up now and set them out while it's still daylight. You're the expert, said Viv, quirking a smile. I'll put them where you want Tandry Tandri stepped into the street. The first in front, here. She pointed to a spot a few feet from the door. Viv carried out both signs, leaned one against the wall, and obliged with its mate angling it so that the arrow pointed toward the entryway. And this one, asked Viv, lifting the other with one hand. I was thinking the intersection where you can see the high street, this way. She led her along Redstone to the corner. After Viv set the sign down, Tandry checked the sight line in a few directions and fussed with the orientation until she was satisfied. They returned to the shop just as the lamplighter began setting his taper to the street lanterns. So. You think this'll really work? Viv leaned against the doorframe as Tandry gathered her things. Couldn't get worse, said Tandry, emerging with folio in hand. Viv's eyes narrowed. I don't know about that, she murmured darkly. Over Tandry's shoulder, she spied someone coming up the street. She'd recognize that hat anywhere. What's that? Tandry turned to follow her gaze as Lack strolled past, alongside a thick man with a lantern on his belt and a badge over his heart. Lack rested one hand companionably on the gate warden's shoulder. He smiled and muttered something, and the badged man barked a good-natured laugh in response. Nothing, said Viv. Lack stopped a few paces away and glanced at Viv in mild surprise, then passed her to the shop. The gate warden looked puzzled by the interruption. The stone fay took a step closer, peering through the window. Quite the blade, Viv. I do hope you're not showing your teeth, he pointed inside. The gate warden squinted through the glass as well. "Mm, Indeed, he agreed, patting the hilt of his own short sword. It's sentimental, said Viv, snarling more than she intended. Tandry looked back and forth between them, gripping her folio tighter. Should I be worried, she asked quietly. Viv wasn't sure how to answer that for it had dawned on her that there was more to be lost than the shop itself. Lack nodded, his ruffles bouncing on his chest. Two weeks, he said, just a friendly reminder. Wouldn't want you to forget to set aside a portion. The gate warden didn't so much as blink at that, and any notion of tapping the local authorities for help evaporated. Viv clenched her fists, then forced them to relax. Guess we'd better hope things pick up by then, she said. Can't squeeze blood from a stone. Yes, I'm sure you'd know about squeezing blood from things, or extracting it in other ways. I imagine you can be quite resourceful. Rest assured, we are similarly talented. His gaze flicked to Tandry, and he bowed, not mocking. In fact, his expression was confusingly apologetic. Shall we carry on, prompted the gate warden. Viv and Tandry watched them go. What was that all about, asked Tandry. once they disappeared. Nothing I can't handle, don't worry about it. Tandry's expression was skeptical, but she didn't argue. You should get home, said Viv, forcing a smile. The signs are incredible and I've already kept you too late. You're sure? Positive, Tandry nodded reluctantly and left, folio tucked under her arm. As the succubus rounded the corner, Viv stalked over, removed the open sign from its peg, and went inside. When she closed the door, she tried her best to be gentle about it, but it still rattled on the hinges. As Viv lay on her bedroll, she withdrew the blink stone that Rune had given her. She turned it over and over in her hands, thinking about how clear the division between success and failure had once been. That clarity had never been more elusive. She put away the stone, and did not go to sleep for a long time. Nine. She definitely harbored some hope, but when Viv went to hang the open sign on its peg, the sight of three individuals lined up outside the door still startled her. A burly dock worker, a red-cheeked washerwoman, and a ratkin in a big leather apron dusted with flour. The dock worker looked her up and down, surprised, then growled, free samples!" He hooked a huge thumb at the sign in the street. That's right, said Viv, propping the door wide with a river stone. The sky was still dark and the morning air had a mid-spring bite to it. All three bustled inside. Viv had the stove lit for heat and the wall lanterns cast a buttery glow over the interior. The washerwoman approached the counter and examined a sheet of parchment that Viv had weighted with a few smooth pebbles. She hadn't had time to find a slate, so she'd hand-printed a menu, conscious of the crudeness of her attempt compared to Tandry's stylus work. It was better than nothing, but she'd have her new employee rework it later, if she was willing. Viv hadn't bothered to add prices to the simple list. She didn't want to scare anyone off. Everything was free for the time being anyway. Menu. Coffee. Rich drink brewed with roasted gnomish beans. Latte. Coffee with Milk. Creamy and delicious. Don't know what none of that is, said the washerwoman, tapping the list with one red forefinger. Which one is best? She'd put a little thought into this. Do you take cream in your tea? Nah, she replied. Hot and more of it is how I likes mine. So, it's like tea, is it? Viv waggled a hand side to side, then admitted, no, not really. She looked at the other two. How about you? What she's having, said the dock worker, crossing his arms. The ratkin approached, got up on his toes to get a good view of the menu and, after a moment, tapped the latte without uttering a word. Done, said Viv. She set to brewing. As the machine began hissing and grinding and burbling, her first customers gathered around curiously. The ratkin squeaked in surprise when the brew began to gush into a mug, his oil drop eyes gleaming. She slid the first mug to the woman who cautiously picked it up, gave it a deep sniff and a puff of breath to cool it, then took a hefty sip. She screwed up her face for a moment, then nodded. Huh. not bad that is she admitted. not tea that's sure. not saying I'd pay by the mug here, but she wandered into the dining area and slid onto the bench. Hands curled around the mug, leaning over it. She sighed deeply. The dock worker received his. Smelled it dubiously and somehow drank it in four long swallows. Viv grimaced and grabbed at her own throat involuntarily. The big man contemplated it, shrugged, returned the mug, and left without a word. Viv's disappointment was acute, but she still managed to call out, "Ah, uh, thank you, in her best impression of someone who knew what they were doing. Tandri slipped in the door and quietly rounded the counter as Viv brewed the ratkin's latte. He waited with hands clasped daintily, his whiskers twitching, snout quivering. He eagerly received the cup and thrust his nose into the curls of steam rising from the golden cream on the surface. After a delicate sip, he closed his eyes, clearly savoring it, and Viv leaned her elbows on the counter to watch. The ratkin's eyes opened, and he dipped his head in thanks. He quietly took his mug to a booth where he sipped his drink and kicked his dangling paws. A promising start, said Tandry. That's all so far. So far. The washerwoman departed, leaving her mug at the table, and eventually the ratkin finished his well, delivering his empty cup to the front counter. He bowed politely and scurried out the door, leaving scattered dustings of flour in his wake. Tandry heated a kettle on the stove, filled the wash basin, and gathered the mugs to soak. That was a good idea, she said, indicating the menu on the counter. Really helpful. Viv gave her a sidelong glance. You could do better, though. Well, better isn't the word I'd use. I'm going to pick up a slate and some chalk later. Got the idea from a pub on the high street. We can hang it back here, and then you can work the same magic you did with those signs. Is that all right? My pleasure. Early morning customers, the sort of folks who rise well before dawn to begin the day's labor, arrived in a thin trickle. Viv and Tandry worked in tandem, explaining the menu as best they could, and trading off between brewing and cleaning. The shop was pleasant and warm, and the smell of roasted beans permeated the air, drifting out into the street. More than a few folk clearly followed their noses in the door. Viv dared to hope. The morning surge dried up after a few hours, and business evaporated, even though traffic outside the shop increased. And now it's looking like yesterday all over again, muttered Viv. Let's not worry yet, said Tandry. But Viv noticed that the woman was scrubbing mugs she'd already cleaned. Before long, Tandry was aggressively wiping the surface of the machine, polishing it for the fifth time. The next few hours were frankly agonizing. At last, around noon, their first post morning visitor walked through the door. He was young, Tall and handsome, in an underfed and aristocratic way. His looks were somewhat spoiled by an inadvisable beard, too wispy, too patchy. He glanced around as if searching for someone. A satchel of books weighed down one arm, and he kept looking down at one cupped palm. He wore a split-hemmed cloak, and the pin on its left breast looked a lot like the head of a stag. He didn't approach the counter, wandering instead into the dining area. Viv watched him with a wrinkled brow. Ackers student, murmured Tandry, Ackers? The Thomic Academy. Oh, visited it my first day here, but didn't know the name. He looks pretty well-to-do. Maybe we'll even get some word of mouth. Students talk to each other, right? They talk all right, muttered Tandry with a hint of venom that made Viv look at her askance. The young man circled the big table and benches twice, then sidled into one of the wall booths, unpacked some books, and began consulting them. Viv shot Tandry a questioning glance, but the succubus shrugged. They both continued to watch him. After about 20 minutes, during which Viv grew increasingly perplexed, she approached him and asked, anything I can help you with? He glanced up, smiled brightly and replied, no, thank you. Are you here for the free sample? She pressed. Sample? Oh No, nothing for me, thanks. Then he returned to his study. Nonplussed, Viv returned to the counter, shaking her head. He remained there for a full three hours, during which time he busily perused his reading materials, scrawled intermittently on a parchment, consulted his cupped hand again and again, and murmured to himself. Then he packed his things, rose, and approached the counter. Thanks ever so much, he said, and with a genial nod, he left. After too much listless pacing, Viv abruptly decided that some sort of action was required. She left Tandry with the shop and headed into the city to the trade district up north. It wasn't a market day, but she still managed to locate a big panel of slate at a sign maker's and some stubs of chalk. She even found multiple colors. She figured Tandry should have a palette to work with. It felt good to be doing something at least. The morning rush had raised her expectations for the rest of the day. But on the walk back, she counseled herself against unreasonable hope. Certain hours were just better suited to the business. A restaurant was busiest at mealtimes, and a cafe was busiest. Well, she supposed she was discovering when exactly that was. Oh, yes, this will work perfectly, Tandry purred as she took the chalk and slate from Viv. She dug her wooden stencils out of the storage room, set up at the big table, and got to work. While she drew, Viv stood in the doorway, looking up and down the street. Laney was out on her porch, sweeping as she always seemed to be, and waggled a cheery wave at her. Was morning really the only time she could expect to do business? It certainly hadn't seemed that way in Azimuth. The cafes there had been lively throughout the balance of the day. Perhaps prospects would improve if the idea caught on. She supposed tomorrow would give her an inkling. When she re-entered the shop, she found Tandri examining the finished menu, which leaned against the wall. Again, Tandri's script was far superior to Viv's artistic endeavors, and she'd used the colors to excellent effect. Her text appeared beveled, almost leaping off the slate. She'd also taken some creative liberties with the wording. Legends and lattes. Menu. Coffee. Exotic aroma and rich, full-bodied roast. One half bit. Latte a sophisticated and creamy variation, one bit. Finer tastes for the working gent and lady. She'd even added an artistic rendering of a pair of beans and a mug with an artful curl of steam. I like it, you're a hell of an artist. Viv nodded. Here, I've got a mallet in the back. Tandry held the sign level while Viv banged a few nails into the wall below the base as a sort of shelf. The slate was a good idea, said Tandry. We can change or add to it easily. Change it? If you decide to expand the menu, you never know. Viv looked around the place and sighed. I'd hoped we'd have more afternoon, maybe around dinner. Doesn't feel like it's going to happen, though. I don't know if expanding the menu is going to be a real concern anytime soon. Tandry pursed her lips and tapped them with a forefinger. Let's wait and see what tomorrow morning brings. Free sample still, you think? Yes, let's see about repeat customers first. Her expression waxed briefly wicked. Hook them and see if they stay on the line. Never was any good at fishing. You're in a river town now. You'll learn. Viv hoped she was right. Ten. There were repeat customers, although Viv supposed customer might be too strong a word while the drinks were free. When they opened, the washerwoman and the ratkin were back. The woman had a friend in tow, and there were four others behind them. The ratkin scurried inside first, wafting a cloud of flour, and pointed wordlessly at the latte on the menu. Tandri brewed for the first rush of customers, while Viv watched the street, nodding to herself as a few stragglers joined the short line. Business stayed reasonably steady, too, with only a few gaps where one or the other of them wasn't pulling a fresh shot. Seems like the fishing is good, murmured Tandry as she passed by with emptied mugs in hand. You're the angler, said Viv, smiling. I guess you'd know. She leaned out to peer into the dining area, where a scattering of sleepy folk murmured in tentative conversation. She glanced behind her and found that Tandry was up on a footstool with chalk in hand, adding a new line to the bottom of the slate menu. Free samples today only. When she stepped down, she caught Viv's questioning gaze and said, let's see if the hook is really set. They were still doing slow business as the morning crept toward noon, when the Ackers student from the previous day reappeared. He stepped smartly inside, registered surprise at the people sipping their drinks in the dining area and, with only a distracted glance at Viv and Tandry, hurried to a spot in a vacant booth. He unloaded his book satchel again, and resumed his scribbling and the cryptic consultation of his palm. For the next hour, the man did nothing but avail himself of the seating, and Viv grew increasingly irritated. What is he doing? She asked Tandry in a loud whisper. She shrugged. Coursework? Research? Although why he's doing it here, I have no idea. Yesterday, I was almost happy to have him just to fill a seat, but if he's only going to take up room, easy enough to find out said Tandry as she rounded the counter. He gave her a distracted glance as she approached, clenching his hand closed. Can I help you? He asked, a bit waspishly. You took the words right out of my mouth, said Tandry. Thanks so much for visiting, and two days in a row. I'm just checking to see if you'd like a sample. I assume that's why you're here. Viv had drifted across the room to overhear. A sample? His eyes flicked between her horns and tail, and he seemed puzzled, as though he hadn't been asked the same question the previous day. Coffee, a latte, you're aware this is a shop that serves drinks. Oh, he seemed to recover. Yes, well, there's no need. He smiled as though conferring a favor. I'll be just fine without. Tendry's polite smile thinned away, but then she deliberately appeared to apply a new one at a significantly higher wattage. Viv got the distinct impression that Tandry was unveiling the barest edge of something she normally kept cloaked. With a subtle purr, she asked, Can I ask what you're doing, Mr. Uh, uh, Hemington, he stammered. I, um, well, I would love to, but it's all very technical. He attempted to look apologetic. I'm very interested in technical matters, said Tandry. I've sat in on a few classes at Ackers. Try me, maybe. You have, Hemington blinked. Ah, well, uh, it's to do with ley lines, you see. He warmed to his subject as Tandry slid into the booth across from him and rested her chin on interlaced fingers. They crisscross soon, and thormic thread theory is preoccupied with the radiant effects on the material realm. That's a fascinating intersection with my area of study. He uncurled his hand, and the imprint of a ring of sigils glimmered a faint blue there. The symbols writhed on his palm, reshaping in little licks of light. A lay compass, said Tandry, pointing at it. Viv started at that. Well, yes, he replied, clearly pleased at her recognition. But what I'm finding here is truly anomalous. We see scattered minor line nexuses throughout the city and westward toward Cardas, but I found a nexus right here that is giving some terribly interesting readings. Ley lines pulse, of course. Of course, agreed Tandry. But this nexus holds firm. It's really quite extraordinary. So I'm taking some measurements, assembling some notes. This could be the foundation of a fascinating paper detailing their interactions with Wardcliffs. Viv had a sick feeling in her stomach and couldn't stop herself from glancing to where the scalvert stone was hidden. She couldn't pretend that it wasn't responsible somehow. And if his student continued with his readings, the mention of a compass was unnerving, then where might that lead him? That is fascinating, Hemington. Said Tandry. It is. It is, isn't it? But this is a place of business, she continued. Of course, we'd love to have you as a customer, but the seating here is really intended for patrons. Hemington adopted an expression of annoyed consternation. I don't really drink hot beverages. Tandry ignored his protest and smiled at him sweetly. And fortunately for you, today's samples are free. Yes, well, I. Uh, I suppose, he grudgingly allowed, I will take advantage of that. Excellent, I'll bring you a cup. She rose to return to the counter, but then turned back. Oh, and as a reminder, this is the last day of the promotional period. Only a half bit for our flagship beverage. Thanks ever so much. As Tandry brewed a cup, Viv whispered, you were an actor's graduate? Not a graduate as such, just took a few relevant classes. Relevant to what? To personal interests, she replied evasively. Viv didn't press. Tandry delivered the drink to Hemington, who stared at it doubtfully and made no move to drink it. After tapping her chin for a moment, Tandry took up the chalk and added another line to the menu Purchase required to enjoy the dining area. Hemington eventually departed, leaving his untouched drink on the table. At least he had the decency to hover over it for a moment, clearly trying to decide which was least embarrassing, leaving it where it was or bringing the full cup up to the front. As he slunk past the counter, he noted Tandry's fresh addition to the sign. You know, I would buy something. It's just, as I said, I don't much care for hot drinks. Perhaps if there was something to eat, he said, a note of pleading in his voice. Hmm, said Viv in her best impression of Cal. I'll take it under advisement. After he left though, she glanced at the stove the hob had installed, and something niggled at her, a nascent idea. She let that percolate as she went to retrieve Hemington's mug. The shop had mostly emptied, although one old dwarf sat tucked away in the back, nursing his drink while he slowly ran his finger over a broadsheet, moving his lips as he read. Viv turned and stopped short. An enormous, shaggy creature sat in the center of the shop, sprawled in a square of sunlight. Tandry stood on its other side, eyes wide. The beast had to weigh ten stone and was as big as a wolf, but it looked like nothing so much as an enormous, shaggy, and slightly sooty house cat. It just appeared, said Tandri weakly. I didn't see it come in. What in the hells is it, asked Viv. The massive animal ignored them both, but yawned, extended all the claws in its forepaws, and arched its back in a languorous stretch. cat," a voice piped up from behind Viv. The elderly dwarf looked over from his paper. Don't see him no more these days. Supposed to be lucky, he squinted. Or maybe unlucky, I forget. You've seen one before. I used to be more around when I was wee. Good riders, he coughed. Also, kept the stray dog population down. Tandry blanched. Should we try to move it? The dire cat regarded first Tandry, then Viv, with green eyes like saucers. Slowly they drifted to slits, and the rumble of a distant landslide filled the room. Viv realized it was purring. She thought of the thumps on the roof tiles and Laney's pilfered cake. She thought about the lines of verse and the scalvert stone. Honestly, said Viv, if I've learned one thing, it's that if a beast isn't angry yet, don't get it started. I think I'll leave it be. Maybe it will wander off. I'm pretty sure it lives around here. Tandry nodded dubiously and edged behind the counter. The elderly dwarf folded his broadsheet under his arm, hopped down, and strolled past the cat. Giving it a scratch behind one of its enormous ears. Aye, a good girl, he said. Missed seeing 'em around. How can you tell it's a girl? asked Tandry. The dwarf shrugged. "Guessin', but I ain't gonna lift her tail to find out for sure. The Dyer Cat did not leave, but Viv did manage to lure it to a less central corner of the shop with a dish of cream. The animal approached with magisterial grace, surveyed the room, and then emptied the dish with a tongue as big as a spade. Then it resettled in a great shaggy heap, the sound of its rumbling purr trebled, and it fell asleep. Tandry was visibly relieved to have the creature out of the way. The cafe was empty again, and what Viv was beginning to suspect would be the slowest part of the day, although she was hopeful they'd get at least a visitor or two but the one who appeared at the threshold was the last person she wanted to see. Fennis strode into the shop, hands behind his back, his perfume trailing like a cloak. His hair was pinned up fashionably, expression arch. The elf had always possessed a regal bearing. Viv couldn't understand how he managed to look down his nose at her, even though she was two heads taller. She'd crewed with him for years, and neither had warmed to the other. Viv tried to chalk it up to personality conflict, but deep down she knew that it was a mutual dislike. Fennis always found ways to make her feel less than with the barest twist of inflection or a carefully chosen word slipped like a knife between the ribs, so sharp you didn't notice the wound until you looked up from a lap full of blood. And Viv wasn't above a blunt repost, even if it often came far too late. She'd assumed she'd never see him again and would have been glad of it. The fact that he was darkening her doorway meant he wanted something. She very much hoped she was wrong. Still, she forced a smile. Venice surprised to see you here. His smile was even more false than hers, although it hardly marred his beauty. Viv, I'd heard from Rune that you'd set up an- He glanced around with a perfectly wrinkled brow. Enterprise, I thought I'd see for myself. And how is Rune? Oh Well, very well, he ran a finger along the countertop and inspected it. Tendri watched the exchange with pursed lips and clearly noticed the electric buzz of tension. Leaning on the counter and adopting a smile, she addressed the elf. Hello there, I don't want to interrupt, but would you care for a sample? It's a grand opening promotion. Grand opening, just the slightest quirk to the first word, the tiniest caress of amusement. Ah, is this that gnomish beverage you were so taken with? He glanced at Viv with an indulgent smile. No, not for me, thank you kindly. I'm just stopping in to see an old friend. A pleasure, said Viv. It wasn't. Yes, so excellent to see you off to such a promising start. The elf surveyed the conspicuously empty dining area, maintaining his smile. He delicately wrapped a knuckle against the coffee maker and cocked an ear at the subtle tone it generated. It does indeed have the ring of fortune about it. Viv froze. Then suddenly a furry bulk stalked past her to stand in front of Fennis, and the rocks down a washboard sound of its purr became something altogether more menacing. The dire cat's hair stood on end, making it look half again as large, and it hissed louder than the coffee maker ever had. Fennis eyed the animal uncertainly. Is this thing... Yours? Tandry leaned further forward and surprised Viv with her tone of politely savage delight. She is. A bit of a shop mascot. He wrinkled his nose in distaste and then his eyes flicked to Viv. Charming. Well, I suppose I'll be on my way. I only wanted to deliver my congratulations. Best wishes, Viv. She silently watched him leave, and Tandry came around the counter to hunker in front of the enormous cat which was now licking one forepaw with regal deliberation and looking pleased with itself. Tandry's prior apprehension forgotten, she scratched behind the dire cat's ears, eliciting a deeper purr, and murmured, You're a good girl, aren't you? You know a dickhead when you see one. She looked at Viv. Old co-worker? No love lost between you two, I guess? Something like that. Being the best of friends isn't a requirement for the work I used to do. Tandry returned to retention to the cat. "Mmm, you need a name. How about Amity? Viv snorted, unable to suppress a small smile. Why not, since you're already such fast friends? Not like you and him. Tandry jerked a thumb toward the recently departed elf. What do you think he really wanted? Viv didn't answer, instead thinking of what Fennis had said. Her hand went to the folded scrap of verse she kept in her pocket. Well-nigh to Thomic line, the scalvert stone of fire, draws the ring of fortune, aspect of heart's desire. That's all for now. Thank you for listening. Make sure to follow Stories from Among the Stars on your preferred podcast app to get the next episode— Or if you just can't wait, you can buy Legends and Lattes wherever books or audiobooks are sold. Thank you.